Yeah, you know, whenever I think of the cross, it just amazes me how God planned to reconcile us to himself. It's through the cross that God exposes our distressed condition of complete spiritual ruin. That's the picture. The suffering of Jesus gives us that picture. But it also, through the cross, that God exposes our distressed condition to a complete spiritual victory. And I've been meditating on this idea that he became sin for us. And it just just hit me. He became sin. He didn't become a sinner. He became sin for us. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, reigning in heaven, comes down to become sin for us so we could be redeemed. It's amazing. It's marvelous. It reveals the condition of the heart of self-sufficiency. It reveals Christ as our only Savior. It exposes, it exposes the condition. It, 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 it's to reveal the necessity of his suffering. Our condition was the necessity of his suffering because he had to go through our fallen state in order for there to be reconciliation because somebody had to pay the price. The only way he could pay the price was to become sin for us. The total degradation of who he was is a picture of our condition before salvation. That's, uh, that'll be coming out on the book with the believer in the cross. You know, I had prayer last night from my back and it, and it doesn't hurt no more. And, and I, I never even thought of asking. Somebody just said, well, let's just pray for you. It's like, what's wrong with me? I preach about the healing of the cross, and I don't ask for it. Duh, Fred. Anyway, I want to talk about God Almighty this morning. The Almighty. This this statement appears several times in the book of Revelation. It speaks of the one who is the master controller of everything. It speaks of the all power, the omnipotence of the God who saved us. The God who came down to us and said, I am paying the price so I can have you as my sons and daughters. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. 
You know, there is no, there is no proton without an eschaton. We all are born proton, and we all have an eschaton. There's a time when we don't live no more here on this earth. Everything has a beginning and an end. But God has no beginning and no end. He is the beginning and he is the end. And that's why when we're in him, we're in the beginning, and we're in the time now, and we're in the end with him too. And the cross paid your price to enter the marriage supper of the Lamb. Your invitation has been paid. He says, I was, I am, and I'm coming, the Almighty. God puts forth the immensity of who he is that helps us to relate the beginning, the present, and the end as the one who actually is in control of everything. The four beasts in heaven, they just cry, holy, holy. The Lord God Almighty. I believe we're coming to a place in the kingdom of God where the Lord God Almighty is going to become more real than ever before. I think what we understand about him is very minute, but I, think, I believe God's going to bring a revelation of who he actually is. I am the Almighty. And I think that's important for us to understand in the sense that whatever we face, the Almighty is with us. He's with us. And then I got to thinking, I, I preached last Friday night at the church in Aldergrove, and the Lord gave me a thought that I never thought before. Whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. Free from what? And free for what? I am free to forgive. We are free to forgive. I'm free to love. I'm free to be kind. I'm free to hope. I'm free to live. We always look at freedom as just being free from the enemy. But no, no, we're, we're free from the enemy so we can be free to do. Hallelujah. We're free to accept. We're free to long. We're free to desire. What we can't do. We're free. We're absolutely free. And here's the key. We are free to be who Jesus is in us. Who he is, we're free to live. Who he is, I'm free to be. It's a freedom. It's not a duty. It's an absolute freedom. 
to have Jesus living in our life. It's an absolute freedom that we are sons and daughters of Almighty God. We are in the freedom of the kingdom of God. We're not, we're not in the freedom of this world. We have been translated into a freedom that's eternal. A freedom that doesn't fail. A freedom that has no end. So I can continuously forgive. I can continuously forgive. I can continuously hope. As I look at this cross behind me, it reminds me of the one who hung on it. Whose body was ravished, whose mind was pierced with a crown of thorns, whose side, whose affection was just poured out, whose hands and feet were nailed there for us. You know, the cross, every time I think of it, 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 it affects my spirit. And it affects my mind, my will, and my emotions. And it brings me to a place of such tremendous appreciation for Jesus that nothing else can compare. The image of the cross was not to be a disappointment, but an emotional impact. The emotional, the emotional impact that came from the cross is a revelation of how much he loves us. I love you so much, I became sin for you. I left my throne in heaven, came down and became a man for you and me. No one, no one has ever, ever done that, nor could do that. King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord God Almighty humbled himself and became one of us. And then he became sin for us. Wow. In Revelation, it talks about the song of Moses, the servant of God, who sung of the Lamb. Revelation 16, verse 7, I heard another uh, out of the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. We never ever have to fear the judgments of God because they're always for our benefit. His judgments are not negative. His, not, his judgments are positive. You're in this condition. I'm making a judgment right now because I want to take you out of there.
This one verse really, really, really hit me. In Revelation 21, verse 22, And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. What that says to us is that I'm your dwelling place. I am where you live. I am your residence. The Lord God Almighty. Came down. To those who did not deserve him. And gave his all. In Revelation 11, verse 1, what I'm trying to do here is this. I want to paint a post-picture of the cross. Revelation exposes the post-picture of the cross. The effects of the cross are seen in the book of Revelation. It's a revelation of what what Jesus received, a revelation where Jesus is sitting. It's a revelation of him standing in the midst of the church. It's a revelation of what he had to say to them. It, it, it's, a, it's a culmination of all the things. And he brings this revelation out so that we could read it. And the Bible says this, happy is the man who reads this book. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 1, and John is given a measuring rod. He is told to measure the worshipers. This is a challenge to all us believers that are worshiping. We worship him in spirit and in truth. The worship is his plan that we do because of the cross. We worship the one who hung there, was buried and rose again. We worship him. And I, I, think, I think God is really interested in our worship. There, there's uh, the, the whole book of is, is full of blessings. This is post cross. Blessings are available for the overcomers. Blessed is he that reads and hears and keeps the words of this book. If you read this book of Revelation, you will be happy. And if you keep them, you will be blessed. Why? Because of the price of the cross. Blessed is he that reads this and hears. Blessed are the dead which die henceforth in the Lord. Hmm. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments. Blessed are they which are called to the married supper of the Lamb. Blessed and holy is he that has part 
in the first resurrection. Blessed is he that keeps the saying of this prophecy in this book. Blessed are they that do his commands. They have a right to the tree of life. Adam and Eve were denied the tree of life. It's no longer denied. Thank you, Lord. Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Almighty. This, this is a really, this statement is huge. The Holy Spirit's leadership in these times is functioning in the church. The Holy Spirit's leadership in this time is functioning in the church. And it began at the day of Pentecost, and it continues to carry on. I think it's incumbent upon us to be led by the Spirit, to be empowered by the Spirit, to function in the gifts of the Spirit, and to display the fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We are free. We are free to function in the, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We are free to function in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so I think, I think there's a real, I, I think there's going to be a, a, even a greater revelation of, of the Holy Spirit's life in our hearts. How do you believe that? Because I, I look at this and I'm thinking, Lord, I really want to do this. I, I really want to be led by the Spirit of God and not my flesh. I really want to live out of the new creation of who I really am. I believe God's going to build that desire to the point where the church is not going to be identified as it is today. Because the Almighty has so much power. The Almighty has such a large plan, and he's looking for people to walk in it. Hallelujah. We are not sit we are not backbenchers. We are adventures. We are not we are not just subject to failure. We are subject to success. We have been subjected to success. Man. And as, as we read about the seven churches in the book of Revelation, it's not supposed to be a downer. Well, look at that church. They're lukewarm. Well, look at that one there. they got Jezebel's problem. It's like, no, that's not the focus. The focus is, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Whether you're lukewarm, whether Jezebel's bothering you or whatever, our focus must not be on our condition or who's bugging us. Our focus in, I am an overcomer and I am a hearer. Amen? 
I desire to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit because the Father talks to me by him. And as he speaks to me, I'm hearing my father say, son. I'm going to say something that might tick you off, but that's okay. You have an opportunity to be free to forgive me. What I have found in life as I met Christians, and I, I put myself in the same category. Yes, I believe the word, but when it comes to doing it, now. Well, <laughs> it's not what I believe. Then what do you believe? Well, I believe this view. Really? So your view is more important than the simplicity of what God's word says. The maximum, the maximum of what can be done is possible. He said, all things are possible to those who believe. All things are possible. All things. We as believers are called to do these things. We are called to, we are called to, um, to see, to hear, and be overcomers. We're called to see and hear and be overcomers. Hallelujah. The church has never been called to a defeated life. We have, God didn't call us because we could fail. He called us because he know, knows we can actually overcome. Because of the Lord God Almighty who lives within us. The, the God who created the heavens and the earth, Jesus who spoke everything into existence, lives in us. He is not a failure. He's not a shortcoming. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I, I, if we can identify the Christ in us, then we know who we are. We need to stop trying to find out who we are in the sense of what I believe. No, we need to sense out who we are is identified by the Christ that's in us, the one who conquered the grave, the one who became sin for us, the one who took the price, the guy who paid everything for our freedom. And I think we need to get a little bit, like, like I said last week, we have, to stir, we have to stir up the lion in the attitude of the lamb. I am free 
to determine. Amen? We are free to determine. So, when I wake up in the morning, what do I determine? Well, what a lousy day. It's raining. That's just a fallen world condition. It's a reality. But why do I want to identify with it? I'm just amazed at the cross. I, I can't get over. What Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit were willing to do for you and I. So we could become new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have all passed away. All things have become new. We need to walk in the newness, not what passed. One, one man said, you know what? Dead men have no opinion. Dead people can't say anything. Well, you're old, our old man is dead. Stop listening to him. And I think in a sense of holy pride, we can actually stand and say, I am a son of God. I am the son of the most high, almighty God who rules everything. I think if we can get that in our spirit, there's nothing we can't conquer. Our faith is based in who he is and what he's done and the power he's released for us to walk in. I am a son of God. I'm the son of the most high that has spoken things for me to believe and accomplish. I think we need to stand up in the boldness of who we are. It's not pride. It's not selfish pride. It's the dignity of God within us. It's the dignity that God brought us. He brought us out of degradation and gave us dignity. We need to walk in the dignity that he's given us. Christ in us. I am a son of God. I have the most powerful person in the whole universe living in my life. He gave us his word. He gave us his blood. And he gave us his faith. Because he gave us himself. Wow. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Forever to be 
a son of God. The Almighty. Father, I pray for a revelation of the Almighty in our hearts. I pray that we would receive from you, from the Almighty, a revelation that would revolutionize our lives, that would revolutionize our city, that would revolutionize our country, and that would revolutionize the world. The Lord God Almighty. I'm going to read these last verses because we go from the proton to the eschaton. The cross is directly related to the second coming. No cross, no coming. And in Revelation chapter 19, I believe it is, Revelation chapter 19, verse 9. And he said unto me, write. <laughs> God said this, John, write. Blessed are they that are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. We are blessed to be invited. The cross paid the price for our dinner with the lamb. And he says, and he said unto me, these are true sayings. And in the end, in chapter 20, verse 14, this is because of the cross. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And that's the end of the matter. The cross was visioned in Revelation, before the foundation of the world, the Lamb was slain. And we see the success of the cross in the invitation to the supper and hmm, verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which are in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire end of the matter proton eschaton there is an end coming but I thank God we're all invited to the marriage supper of the lamb amen may God bless you and may the revelation of Almighty God become a reality in your life. Hallelujah. Pastor David.